how's it going? Fantastic. Guess what's happening today? Hmm. I don't know what. Amanda's here. Ah, Amanda. Ooh. Hi. I love the vocals. Yay. <laughs> I'm going to start referring to. I'm going to start referring to the suspended sentence and one nothing podcast as sister podcasts. Oh, I dig that. I like that a lot. Sister, sister. Yeah. So now, sister, sister. So now we have we have started our own like corporation or something. So I, I mean, if other people want to join, there will be vetting. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. There will be a vetting process involved. But if anybody else wants to join our new found gang, posse, whatever, sisterhood, sisterhood then that's cool. Or brotherhood. Brotherhood. Yeah, huh. it's totally fine. So if anybody has been paying attention or listening to any of our other podcasts, Amanda from One Nothing Podcast, One, W-O-N, is like our new best friend. We love her so much. Besties. So much. And we did, we recorded an episode with her that actually is going live tonight, I think at five-year time, right? Yeah, eight minutes. Oh, crazy. Oh, yeah, so we're ahead. Serendipity. Yeah, so that's cool. <laughs> that is kind of, that's cool. I know. I so that. we recorded with her and did a really cool episode with her, which was phenomenal. That was a cool experience, just like letting her just sitting back and being like, yeah, girl, tell us. It was, it was so awesome. much fun. Know. It was hearing your guys' insight too and was just like, it added such a little like layer, like a little onion to my little podcast. It was just so great. I had such a good time. Oh. It was so much fun, but it's on hers. If you want to listen to it, check it out. One Nothing Podcast. You can go over there and listen to that episode. And now we're doing one for ours. So this is this is cool. Yeah. And so today um, it's a Tracy episode. We love a Tracy episode. <laughs> we love a Tracy episode. I'm bringing it. And this time we're putting a twist on it. Samantha doesn't know what the case is and neither oh, does Amanda. Yeah. Oh my gosh, two peas in a so pod. It's just gonna be... <laughs> I know, we're going in blind. Which will be fun. It'll be fun. So here we go. I'm Tracy. I'm Samantha. I'm Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> and this is The Suspended Sentence and One Nothing Podcast together. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> okay, so... 20 minutes south of a small town called Buffalo, Wyoming, sits a ranch named the Winchester Ranch. Today, it is approximately 5,000 acres. It has unobstructed views of the Bighorn Mountains that include Cloud Peak, Bomber Mountain, and Blacktooth Mountains. Oh, wow. It sits down a road called Trading Road, and although the views of the mountains are absolutely stunning, the land where it sits is actually less than ideal for farming and ranching. Why is that? Ooh. Well, the the saying in Buffalo is the interstate goes, I don't know what interstate it is. It doesn't matter. We have like two in Wyoming. The interstate, <laughs> <laughs> the interstate goes down the road and anything to the west, which is the mountainside, is like prime land and anything to the east is shit. Oh. The Continental Divide is right there, and everything to the west gets moisture, and everything to the east is like desolate nothingness. Ew, yeah, gross. Interesting. I did not know that. You didn't so, know like, that? I mean, like, I, I've driven down that, and I've seen, like, one side's prettier than the other, but I didn't know why. Yeah, the Continental Divide is right there. 
See, just being in Florida, I can't imagine so, any dry, desolate landscape right now. So, <laughs> so it so when we would drive because I've driven down that road, I actually used to live down that road mm-hmm. like 50, 30 years ago, 50 years ago. My God, I'm not even 50, 50 years ago. Um, like no. 20. I know. I'm like back in the dark ages. But you used to <laughs> walk to school. Good, you got to give me your um there would be like if it was a snowstorm or anything like a line drawn right in the road where there would be snow and then no snow wow because continental divide is right there is that why it's called that part of my ignorance i think so i mean there's a little bit of there's a little bit of my ignorance too but i think so i don't know that would make sense but we're gonna go with that that's what we're gonna do oh that's a story we're gonna tell at least right uh, so it sits, this land sits far enough from the mountains that there's not any trees or very much vegetation on the ground. And it's literally like what you would expect in like an old shoot 'em up Jake movie, you know, like dust, dust under your feet and tumbleweeds rolling across the road. Rolling across <laughs> the field. Yeah. So this land would take a little bit more than a little bit of work to make it profitable land. Okay. So I'm going to take you guys back to the years between 1930 and 1952. Oh, so you're the day, like when you were arrived. Right. (laughs) The good old days for you. (laughs) (laughs) So in the early days in Wyoming, so early 1900s, most of the land was what, what was called public domain. And this was open to like livestock. So all of the ranchers that, that were in the area, like there weren't fences or anything, everybody would just like let their cattle roam together. And then once a year, they'd bring them all in, separate them, brand them, and then send them back out to, to graze. That that's, how, so that's how it was done before. Make a one deal, like, <laughs> continue, sorry. Girl, fences are expensive. I know, but so is time. And I feel like once a year, spending hours of your life sorting cattle just to like throw them back together, that would just annoy me. I think so much. <laughs> right, but if you think about like if your neighbor had bulls and you didn't, oh yeah, you know, like there's a benefit I didn't consider. And bulls are a pain in the ass to keep, a pain in the ass to maintain, and one bull can service. Money. you know what 50 had a cattle yeah. so i don't know i don't know but that's that's how it was done but another thing that was a big deal was water obviously land and water rights were usually distributed like to whoever was there first okay um, and still to this day water rights in the state of wyoming is a really big fat hairy deal people get pretty pretty worked up over over water rights here especially like in july and august yeah that's real Real toasty. Real toasty and water kind of depletes and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so when homesteaders started moving into Wyoming, competition for land and water became like a real part of of contention. So ranchers reacted by monopolizing large areas of open range to prevent others from coming in and settling it. It was a time when transportation was literally like on horseback and a trip to market would take days. So oh generally, God, women back then. My mind choose thoughts are setting in, but like, wouldn't that suck if by the time you got home, you went into your grocery bag and everything had rotted 
was like the days of travel. Oh, like milk, like bad. <laughs> right. Well, like people terrible. back then, right, there weren't grocery there weren't grocery stores, so they had to raise their own stuff. So if you went to town, it was to get sugar or flour. Yeah, that's true. Oh, okay. So well, there you go with anyway. logic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so generally back then, women would stay home and look after the children in the home, and the man of the house would make the trip to town, mainly because it wasn't safe. There were a lot of things that could happen as far as, like, interactions with other people or just, like, risk. Well, and this is the Wild West. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Men were thought to be more prepared for dangers and possible situations that could, could arise. And, you know, like being shot if you cross somebody's land, which is a real thing in Wyoming, and it's still a thing today. Right. Like I really you don't, that. you don't go on people's land. That's a real thing everywhere. You don't go days. where you're not supposed to go. Yeah, seriously. I'm like, it's a real thing. So, I mean, it's not called the Wild Wild West for nothing, right? That's right. <laughs> so, all right. Me. Meet John Winchester. He is the 29-year-old owner of the Winchester Ranch, which at the time, in 1922, he said that he claimed ownership of more than 20,000 acres of land. Holy snap. That's a lot of land. That is a lot. Wow. He had a beautiful young wife. She was 23 years old and had two young sons. They raised a couple head of Black Angus cows and a small um, herd of sheep, but primarily they focused on pig farming. The reason that John thought... Hang on, you said a couple, they had a couple head of cows? A couple couple hundred head of cows. (laughs) That's a lot of land for two cows. I told that I was like selfish. You don't need all... That is selfish for two cows. Calm it down, John. (laughs) You're being a little over the top, boy. Okay, a couple hundred, that makes more sense. A couple hundred head of black Angus cows. A small herd of sheep and pigs. Okay. They focused on pig farming. The reason that John thought of pig farming was because everybody else in the area was doing cattle, mm-hmm. that he would raise pigs, and then when it was time to butcher them, he could sell them, and he would have the monopoly, basically. Everybody would buy meat for pork and bacon and ham from him, and he would make all of the money. Leave the mm-hmm. cattle ranching to everybody else. They would compete for cattle prices, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And he would have pigs. Smart. Okay, so Amanda, do you know anything about pigs? Um, I know a, a fair bit. Do you, Sam? <laughs> I think I told this story the other day. I hate <laughs> pigs. I hate them. The number oh. of interactions, that, like negative interactions that you have with different like farm animals is just the funniest to me. <laughs> she does not vibe with animals. <laughs> Which is so sad because I love animals. Yeah, they don't. They, don't don't really, they do not vibe with her. <laughs> no. Okay, so pigs are nasty, disgusting little creatures. They are. They smell really bad. <laughs> they're and they And they're mean. They can be. Yeah. Okay, so Peter Fit. Peter pigs. (laughs) Holy shit. Feeder pigs need about six to 700 pounds of feed per pig to reach 260 pounds in order to butcher. You you do not butcher a pig that weighs less than, I mean, if you're not going to get 250 pounds of, you're not going to butcher it because you're not going to get enough meat to do anything. Okay. So Raising pigs up to 300 pounds of live weight would require like 200 additional pounds of feed. It's a lot of feed. 
an adult pig will eat six to eight pounds of food a day. I feel pretty good That's about my lot. eating choices right now. Right? They're arma say that word. Arma what's the word I'm looking for? That they eat grass, roots, fruit, mushrooms, insects, but they'll eat meat. Omnivores? They'll eat anything. Thank you. Yes. I was like, you have a name. I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> See, Amanda, this is what we need you. <laughs> but Samantha, here you go. They're naturally aggressive animals. Pigs use violence to establish dominance. And a pig that's aggressive is very, very dangerous. Oh, She's like, yeah, mom, I've been telling you this for years. I know. I love pigs. But anyway, okay, so if you have 300 pigs and each pig is eating seven pounds of food, just seven. Okay, let's just say the average seven. That's 2,100 pounds of food a day. That's literally a ton of food. A ton is 2,000 pounds, right? Holy yes. Crap. <laughs> That is a lot. That's, I made a face. I'm like, I have no idea how much is a ton. <laughs> yes, 2,000 pounds is one ton. Okay. So that that's expensive, especially back in, in 1922. When you're having to go into town, like imagine his like covered Those wagon. poor horses, right? man. Like, 2,000 pound travel. Those things were like, kill me by the end of those. Literally. And then think of the land, the way that I just described the land. Like there isn't like straight path whatever for them to eat yeah so they're dependent pretty much like sagebrush out there which pigs i mean aren't gonna really yeah eat. no pigs the do. only thing that are eating that's like the antelope maybe if they have to yeah because sagebrush is like disgusting right right okay so pretty quickly john realizes oops maybe this wasn't such a solid business plan maybe i shouldn't have done this this is really expensive now, all of a sudden, the pigs are all starving. My family is starving. We're all really broke. Maybe I shouldn't have done this. And so things are not going well for him. He made a bad investment. He made a bad choice. He should have thought, oh, why is nobody else raising pigs around here? Yeah. Maybe there was a reason for that. Dang. But he was super stubborn. And he thought, we're like, let's just pull this together with his wife. Like, let's just pull this together, make it through season one. If we can just get them to where they need to be and we sell these, we won't do it again next year. Like, let's just make this work. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, every rancher has bad years, good years. That's the way this, that's the way shit rolls. Right. So, and what's the big rancher saying? Pull yourself up by the bootstraps and get your ass to work. Like if things are not going well, figure out something else. The tensions in his house are really, really high. They're poor. They're working really hard. They're doing the best that they can to pull this shit together, but things are just not vibing for them. So one day in July, it's a hot afternoon. John hooks up his horses and a family buggy to make the three-day trip to town to get feed for the pigs and to get some household items. His wife packs him a basket of food for his trip and sees him off like a good little wife of 1922. The trip takes longer than expected, and he returns not three, but five days later. Oh, man. Imagine how scared he would be. Like, A, he has the family buggy, so she probably has no way of even, like, going into town to, like, see if he's alive. Right. Unless she's going to walk with two small children. Fuck that. All the way. (laughs) Literally. Um, So, but when he comes home five days later, his wife does not greet him outside as she normally would have done. And upon entering the house, he doesn't find her anywhere. 
nor their children. He begins looking around, calling for her, no response, nothing. So he's thinking, okay, well, maybe she's, I mean, who knows, right? But everything is so far away that all he can really do is just sit and wait. So he waits for two days, no wife, no kids, no sign of them anywhere, nothing. So finally, he summons the sheriff who makes a trip out to the ranch where they search the property, you know, in 20,000 acres, right? So they search the, they search the area and they finally find the shirt of one of his sons in one of the pig pens and a large section of scalp mm. along with blonde hair attached to it in another oh, pen. No. <laughs> I'm yeah. okay. It was determined. Yeah. Oh. It was determined that his wife and his children must have been out feeding the pigs. <clears throat> the pigs attacked them and ate them. Told you not to trust no damn pigs. Well, and they're star- they don't have enough food for them. These pigs are hungry. That's what I was thinking. I was like, oh my like, gosh, the fact that they would have just take that opportunity so fast because they were so hungry that like, what a way to go. Yeah. Right. I don't feel like that'd be fast. No. And then imagine being no. calm and that would and, like, be watching your kids. Right. Right. Or did one of the kids fall in and then she jumps in after him to help him? Or like, uh, could you imagine the terror of that? <clears throat> that's her- that's horrific. And takes like it's being three, three days away from me. Like imagine like the sound of that. Oh, like- yeah. yeah, brutal, right? And they were probably fighting. <clears throat> oh, that's horrible. <clears throat> it's awful. And to have, I mean, I don't know how big the pig pins were, but... I mean, there wasn't just obviously one pig in a pen. So it was probably multiple pigs, 300, 400 pound pigs jumping on you. And God, could you imagine? I don't want to. Yeah, I can't imagine because I was attacked by a pig one time. <laughs> she was not attacked. I was attacked by that damn pig. That oh seems gosh. to pale a little okay, so with, with the story that we're hearing. <laughs> I barely made it out alive. <laughs> You're all lucky that I'm here today. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I was carrying a baby too. It almost killed the baby. You were. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, John <laughs> John was obviously devastated. He he I mean lost it when the sheriff when they found that stuff I and mean, he was clearly I mean devastated. Right. He's about to lose his farm. He can't feed the cows. He goes to try and provide for his family, comes back. His wife and his sons are slaughtered and gone. I mean, like, he's devastated. He locks himself inside their house for days, and no one sees him for months. Like, mm-hmm. he completely just shuts himself off from the whole world, grieving in complete grief. He did have a life insurance policy on her, and he did get well, both of them had life insurance policies. I mean, everybody had life insurance. Pol- well, I mean, there was like, then? yeah, there was, I mean, like from my research, cause I was like life insurance, what the hell? But after the Titanic, which was like 19, what, 13 or something, there was like 17 billion people who had life insurance policies at that time. Wow. Oh, wow. Right. Anyway. So he did get a life insurance payout for his wife's death, which I mean, not only saved the pig farm, but I mean, it set him up for life. I mean, he, he got a pretty substantial payout for, I mean, not that it's a payout for losing your wife and children. That's not, I'm sure that most people would give every penny of that back to have their family back. But, but she did save, she did save the ranch. It stinks. Right. (laughs) And I'm not going to say no. 
right <laughs> right okay but now it's it's 1922 and now he is very very wealthy which draws a lot of attention especially from ladies you know ladies <laughs> exactly young ladies <clears throat> like ladies who are just barely 18 19 years old who are looking for you know somebody ladies to whatever <laughs> pretty much so he remarries less than a year after his wife and and his kids were killed he remarries he and, was clearly devastated and well <laughs> I, you can't you can't say how people grieve whatever <laughs> So if my husband's listening, I will haunt you if you remarry within a year of my death. Literally, and hope that I'm dead because I'll, I, <laughs> you will be committed to her for life. Literally. <laughs> um, anyway, so she gets pregnant pretty much right away. And they're going to have a baby. Everything seems to be healing and moving forward. However... When the sheriff was again summoned to the property under the exact same pretenses as prior with John's first wife, eyebrows begin to raise. Wait, he, he still had pigs by then? <laughs> yeah, because his wife saved the ranch. Oh, I thought just the ranch. I didn't know that they were continuing with this, like, funnel of money. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> yes, yes, they still have the pigs. <laughs> And now his eight-month pregnant wife's body was found being ingested by pigs in a pig pen on his ranch. Were they starved too then? I don't know. So several days after the sheriff, quote, found the body of the second wife being eaten by a bunch of pigs, Word gets to John that the sheriff was en route to arrest him, and he was going to be in trouble for murder. Yeah. (laughs) Panicked, he allegedly scoops up all of his cash, puts it in a metal box, gets on a horse, rides out to wherever in his pasture, and buries it on the land. That's somewhere in the 20,000 acres. Yeah, that's an interesting thing to do. He'll for sure remember where he put that. So, he was arrested. A short couple day trial ensues where he is found guilty and immediately he's hung in town square. (gasps) His cattle was sold off for pennies to surrounding ranchers. His land the same, but no one would buy or even take the pigs. Like, they couldn't give the pigs away. Nobody would take them. Well, all these pigs have eaten humans. Right. Who would want them? All the Right. (laughs) All the pit, they were all butchered, but their meat was on unsaleable. They couldn't sell the meat. Probably okay. Like rationally, the meat probably wasn't bad. I think it's probably like in your head, you're like, oh yeah, I am not eating pigs that have ate humans. Right, right. Um, However, and Amanda, you you are a huge animal lover, like. How fucked up that all those animals got killed because they had a shitty owner. No, super fucked up. But I just, like, I don't know. It's so disturbing to me, like, that that would happen the first time. And then you would get with a guy knowing that that's how his family died. And you allowed him to, like, still have pigs. I would have been like, no, those pigs need to go. Like, I don't, they ate your family. Like, I don't want them around. Just weird that she was okay with them. Right. 
Right. So did he kill both sets of family of his family? Yes. Both wives? Yes. And all of his kids. And blamed it on the pigs. Okay. I mean, I don't feel, I don't know. They're, it's hard to feel bad for these specific pigs. But, like, I know they were starved, so I'm trying to keep it together. But they ate people. That's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, no one has ever found the money. To this day, no record of this story exists. But every old rancher in Johnson County, Wyoming, knows this story and swears that that box would that would be close to like a million dollars today is buried somewhere on the Win- Win- Winchester Ranch. So uh, let's go find it. That's what everybody says. Every but everyone in Johnson County is like, if we could just get on that land. But to anybody who is like treasure hunter do not step foot on this ranch it's for sale right now for 7.9 million dollars oh guys let's just like put in all of our pennies and no 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 if you find the treasure right yeah right but legitimately if you step foot on people's land in wyoming like you will get shot like don't do it yeah don't just show up at places don't do it i have both been shot at and i have shot at people for coming on my land like we we take land very, very seriously in Wyoming. Like, you don't do that. It's the Wild West round here, guys. So don't go looking for it if you're listening to this and you're like, ooh, a million dollars, let's go on a treasure hunt. Don't do that. Don't do that. But, so there, Samantha, there's a story of somebody who actually got eaten by pigs. See, I'm not being dramatic. Um, Amanda, she's being I was, was going to say, like, you know, not to, like, compare, you know, your situations. I do feel like yours was slightly less lethal than chowing down on four family members of this guy. I was so disturbed by this story. <laughs> I knew like the cartel does that, but to just be a, like an average guy <laughs> making a little farm, trying to make a life for yourself. And then you're like, eh, throw the kids in with the pigs. Why? <laughs> I say, let's all just go in on buying this ranch and start being pig farmers. Yeah. What do you think, Amanda? You in? Uh, I'm pretty sure that I'll die that way if I encounter that, so I'm respectfully going to pass, but I wish you all the luck murdering people in the world. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to spend our days pig ranching and digging holes in the ground to try and find the money. To try and find the money. But don't pig ranchers have those bacterial cesspools on their property, so you have to just smell that all the time? Well... Yeah, I mean, that's probably, probably where the money is. Ooh. <laughs> that's probably true. Honestly, if I was going to, like, get rid of a million dollars in a metal box, I would throw it in the gross. How would you get it out, though? In of... Like, people have you, died. For a million dollars? Pits. Go for a nice little, little scuba dive. Right. Could you, could you imagine, though, like... Oh my God! Scuba dive? Did you just say that? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Go for a nice scuba dive. In, you were on your own with pig that. shit. <laughs> but that's my. But tell me where, where if you're gonna bury money somewhere that you didn't want anyone to ever go find. Tell me that's not a great hiding spot. It's in a metal box. It well, is. I probably wouldn't do it in pins on account of because like <clears throat> you you clean those out like good ranchers good farmers and ranchers are continually like pulling out dirt and spreading it other places and bringing i mean i don't think this homie was like a good like 
animal care. Well, he wasn't a good anything. I bet it was stinky. Quality guy. I don't know. For sure. Well, that's why we only have pigs like once every three years because the smell is so putrid. And they dig and they just tear shit up. Yeah. When I was in Texas, like the wild. Yeah. The wild pigs, like um, my husband's family's got some land like in like central Texas and out there you don't have to have like a hunting license or anything to go shoot like wild pigs because like they destroy the land and they're considered vermin so it's like there's no cap on how many you can like hunt a year there's not anything because like they will go out there and if you and the ranchers will ask people to come out and like hunt them for free because they tear up everything your cattle and stuff like will get their like feet stuck in like where they rut and like break their like legs and stuff and it's and baby cows will get all hurt right and a cow with a broken leg is i mean it's gonna die it's not you can't have that i mean here anyway um what do they eat them if they're under so that's like that's kind of funny because wild hogs anything really under 250 pounds you don't want anything bigger because it's gross yeah like the meat is bad the meat gets really tough Really? Which is funny because, like you were saying, you want bigger mm-hmm. cows, or cows, <laughs> pigs. Well, you want bigger cows, too. You want bigger cows, too. But... That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but wild animals and farm-grown animals are, I mean, farm-grown animals get grain and corn and hay and alfalfa and stuff that's good for them and and not, I don't know. Whatever they find in the... In the wild mesquite trees down in texas probably i don't know do you guys down in florida do you guys have farms and ranches down there that raise so like i mean up north more we do up north my area we don't because most of my area is all like land that's just now kind of being developed on like we're just now seeing expansion to this area the past few years but we have wild boar pretty heavily um, and I've a few times, like we go hiking all the time, mostly in the cooler months, but we'll come across a pack of boar, like 10, 12 deep. And they're pretty aggressive. Uh, I mean, they'll kind of like, almost like a bear, like bluff charge you. They'll run at you and then stop and veer off and go back to their pack or whatever you call it, the pack of pigs, um, cluster, whatever. <laughs> but um, I've not, thankfully, knock on wood, I've not yet had like a super worrisome interaction with them down here. They just they kind of act tough and then they veer off. But I've heard people who have had really negative interactions with them. People trap them down here all the time. I don't know if they eat them, um, but they're they're trapped all the time because they're like you said, damaging farmland. They're damaging like housing and posts, and they can they knock down whole palm trees and stuff with their tusks. They're very strong. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. oh my God. What do you do when they when they charge you? Uh, well, I have my dogs, so my dogs just kind of bark, and they don't really. I mean, I carry um, sometimes a firearm. Um, it's kind of down here. It's not always great to carry. So if I'm going to a more popular one, I don't. Uh, but I'll carry like a pocket knife. I have spray. Uh, my dogs really do a good job of kind of preventing anything because I have a German Shepherd. If she barks at something, they they don't want anything to do with us. But. Yeah. If that ever changes, I'm more than ready to defend my dogs, that's for sure. <laughs> for sure. I love German yeah, Shepherds. Girl. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that breed of dog. 
That would absolutely scare the shit out of me, though. If I'm just like on a nice hike, whatever, and wild boars charge me. I'll have to find this picture. I have this picture of my husband and his brother. We were walking through the land in Texas, and you can see, like, all of a sudden, it's like you can see, like, the normal land, and then just this huge, it's probably like five foot by ten foot long just like a dug up spot like you'd think that like somebody with like a backhoe came through no it was from the from the hogs from the wild hogs they all just were in there getting the roots digging down to get all the roots of the trees and ripped the land up and that's why when when my in-laws mom was like somebody come out here and like please hunt them oh really because like i think she lost like had like five or six cows within like a month like break legs and like yeah and the calves like <laughs> getting stuck when it would rain down in those pits and it's mm-hmm. i mean that's your livelihood you can't like that's like right you can't have your land being torn up like that well and we you know the very first time that we ever had pigs we did not have a good experience but i didn't know what the hell i was what i was doing you know what i mean like you can read as many books as you want to but reading it and knowing it and actually doing it are two very, very yeah. different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a horrific experience. It was awful. And they were mean. They would dig. We even had to pierce their noses to try and get them to quit. Do you remember? We put like Yeah, the vet came cattle, out and pierced their nose. Cattle, um, what are those called? Rings or whatever in their nose to try and get them to, to stop digging. And they would tear up everything. Everything. In an evening. I mean, my beautifully landscaped yard was completely tore up just one <laughs> night of them being out. Yep. But the mm-hmm. second time that the second time that we had pigs, it was like they were the nicest pigs ever. But they always had fresh water, tons of fresh water. They had a huge big like plastic blue swimming pool full of water all the time and their feeder was always full. I feel like she's just telling me this because we're about to get pigs again and she doesn't want me to <laughs> just coaxing you into it. <laughs> Well, and they can't get out because, I mean, it's, you know, concrete walls around it and they can't get out. So, I mean, if you want, if you don't want to interact with them, you don't have to. She says that, but I had to water the chickens. (laughs) Yeah, you did have to. The traumatic She's scared of chickens, too. Oh, my gosh. So, that's my little mini episode today. That was my story. Amanda, tell everyone about your podcast. Sure. So, um, yeah, we talk about people dying, um, to put it bluntly, different ways. Um, <laughs> we really like to find names that, well, I, I guess I can't say that anymore, but I used to really like to find names that nobody's heard of because that's always what fascinated me um, is, you know, uncovering a name of someone who died even, you know, 3, 10, 15, 100 years ago that I never heard about and getting to know about their life and getting to know about how they passed and what choices, you know, ultimately led up to that, if any, that's always been really interesting to me. I'm on, I'm one of those people who sits in traffic and looks at the car next to me and wonders, you know, that person has a whole entire life going on. What are they thinking? What are they headed to? I'm just weird like that. So, um, yeah, I like to find people and kind of go into their history, talk about who they were, how they died. And then I like to bring friends along to, um, you know, casually laugh at some of the more humorous parts because I'm not into the vibe that death isn't funny. I know death is scary because it's unknown, but there are aspects to it that can be humorous and it's okay to, I don't yeah. want to say exploit that, but it's, you know, I see so much hate for people being like, oh, people are so casual with 
you know, true crime podcasts and stuff, but it's, you know, some people grieve in different ways as we discussed at you know, the beginning of this. And my way is to cope with it by um, kind of laughing at some of the parts that are funny and then talking, you know, being more serious about the parts that aren't, but that's, that's kind of what we do. Right. Well, and I mean, everybody's going to die. It's a natural part of progression of life, right? Absolutely. So I don't know why some people are so taboo about it and get so weird about it. Like you just said, like some people are really weird about it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it is. It's like almost like you can't really talk about it, but you know, some people are going to love us. Some people aren't and that's okay. Everybody has their own thing. But if you have some dark humor and you can take things lightly and you want to hear, you know, something tragic, but also hear some of the parts of it that were kind of funny, we're, you know, come to us, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, right, right, exactly. What made you want to just start a podcast? How did you get into this? Uh, it was the least amazing, thought-provoking story that I could possibly tell. Um, I just literally found a podcast one day <laughs> and was listening to them, and I listened to their whole um, library worth of episodes in like a week. Then I found another podcast, and I listened to their whole library of episodes. And then I kind of started running out of podcasts, and I had so much more stuff like, oh, I really want to hear about this story. Or I you know, see a name be featured somewhere in a brief 10-second TikTok reel and be like, I want to hear more about this story. And instead of trying to hunt down podcasts that offered that, I just decided to start one. And that way I can talk about whatever I want. And if people want to listen, cool. And if not, at least I'm learning something, and I'm, I'm engaged with the topic. So... It's been really awesome. I've been met with the most sincere support and awesome new friends like you guys who have been a godsend to me. And it's just the most amazing decision that I think I've ever made for me personally, um, like to benefit me because I've just almost like a family, like I have made a family here. Yeah, we feel that way too. Like we're, we're so excited, like to know you and, and the boys from beyond the shadow and some of the other podcasters, like, it's really cool. The, the, family like you just said that well it's like every day we're having like a different conversation and like we're people are checking in and I mean it's it's awesome it is it really is and and real friendship like we tell you all the time like just get your ass to Wyoming come and see us (laughs) I have so many people too like that that I've met that have you know from all over I have another friend in Montana who's always saying come out I have another friend actually in Wyoming I'm not sure where she is in relation to you uh, but it's just so awesome that I've met all of these people and I do have plans someday to travel. So you best believe that I'm making a bucket list of all you guys and I'm going around and I'm meeting all of you guys in person and I'm going to see these amazing places that you live and I'm going to have you show me the parts of your city or your home that matter the most to you. And that's like the biggest way I can connect with someone is just seeing the parts that someone loves. So I'm really excited for that and I'm hoping yeah. that my future takes me there so I can do that. But yeah, it's been just an honor meeting you guys and everybody that I've met throughout this process. Yeah, it's very cool. It's very cool. Maybe someday we'll all go on tour together and we'll do like a tour in each other's towns. Hey, that's a good idea. Could you imagine? (laughs) Could you imagine how cool that would be? (laughs) Not sitting anywhere. Not stopping. Well, thank you guys for thinking. I. Not not owning a pig ranch. No. <laughs> well, thank you guys all for joining us. Amanda, thank you so much for being with us today. And being you. Thank you so much for yes. having me. Again, her podcast. Yes. Again, her podcast is called One Nothing Podcast. She is on what platform? Uh, all of them. Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio. If you can find a platform I'm not on, let me know and I'll get on there. How about that? <laughs> 
Perfect. Love it. She's also on IG. Give her a follow there. And we'll catch you guys another time. Thank you for being here, guys. Thank you, Amanda, Thank you. again. Stay safe.